Hey everyone and welcome to 121 in Flux. I am Peter, that is Connor, and this is our movie podcast where we talk about films typically from the past, although sometimes we do some more recent stuff too. Um, I mean, the focus of this show has kind of shifted a little bit since we created another podcast that kind of stole yeah. some of the content. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this has morphed into uh, more prestigious films and... Uh, if it stuff. means I don't have to watch The Gift again, I'm okay with that. The Gift? Is that not what it was called? Um, I don't know what you're talking Oh, oh no, that's still, I mean, that's not a sci-fi movie, so that's still... No, I know, but it's not prestigious either, so... You know. I mean, it's not a hard reel, we'll still do some shit. I mean, we still have to finish the Godzilla movies, we're not, we're not giving up on those, we've gotten halfway yeah, through. that's prestigious. <laughs> the first one is prestigious, I don't know, but the rest... Um, <laughs> it's, a, it's an iconic franchise. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, but also more recent stuff too, because um, in fact the vote that's up on Patreon right now at the time of recording is uh, four films from 2019 that's on my uh, to-watch list, so you get one of them I, as a review. I'm really disappointed in you, actually. Why? You didn't run this by me this time. And I actually had a great idea for what it should have been. Well, we could do, do, do your idea next month. No. Was it specific to November? No, no, but it, it's it's specific to what we would have done in December. Was it Christmas related? No, no, better than that. Come on. Me? Because December is the last month of the decade, so we could have done four from the decade. That's a lot of movies to pick from. Yeah, I know, but it's, it's you could have done you know one from every couple of years, and you know, and and, and you blew it. No, I'm glad I went with my idea. It's fine. Uh, you blew it. But uh, this was a vote as well. Uh, the the this this movie that we're doing today, Shadow of a Doubt, the Alfred Hitchcock film from 1943. So it's a bit earlier in Hitchcock's career than we've, we've maybe tackled before. Mm. And although not not, I mean, he's actually got even earlier stuff than this. He goes all the way back to the twenties. But uh, but 1943's Shadow of a Doubt. Uh, which Hitchcock, according to the making of documentary on the the Blu-ray disc, it, it says it's his favorite film that he made. Really? Because because it says uh, the making of Hitchcock's favorite film. I think it's the title of the documentary. Um, and I'm sure I watched that extra like way back when it was on like the original DVD I had like you know 15 years ago. But I don't remember than <laughs> they said, so I can't I can't tell you now. So it's irrelevant. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but. Um, but, if, but if that's true, then then that's interesting. But this was a vote winner. Uh, we had four Hitchcock movies up for vote uh, in this particular one. Uh, because we were on hiatus for a bit, we're doing some catch-up where we've got a few vote winners to get through, which is why it's those back-to-back. Um, we'll start picking some movies uh, when we get through those. Uh, maybe go back to the vault and do some other interesting, wacky stuff. And maybe we'll, that we'll, next... We'll come up with some ideas. Godzilla movie or whatever. Yes. Well, I'll come up with some ideas and you will uh, accept them. Hey, and... I have ideas. Just give you a cracking one, and you just—that <laughs> was not a cracking one. That was not narrow at all. We'll do four movies from the decade. That is—that is a specific focus. You're celebrating the end of the decade. It was perfect, and you just. Mm. Yeah, but we're picking four fellows for the decade that we've not seen. The idea that we're filling in some blanks, or we're doing four favorites. If we're doing four favorites, then it kind of maybe almost ruins the top fifty of the decade no, that we're going to do. No, it would have been four we haven't seen. Okay. All right. Right. Too late now, though. Well, Joe, so what's great about this is that four movies from 2019 are four movies from the decade. So technically, <laughs> uh, the, the vote's fine. So suck it. It's the spirit that counts. The spirit of the vote. <laughs>
<laughs> Actually, suck it, Connor's uh, become something of a running gag on the Atomic Cinema Experiment. I'm not going <laughs> Which one of you started it? Tara started it, and then I liked it so much that I kept going with it. <laughs> we'll be having some words with Tara. <laughs> so yeah, so we're doing Shadow of a Doubt, and we'll start spoiler-free as we always do. We'll give you a warning in the middle of the film, well, the middle of the film, the middle of the episode is what I mean, uh, before we go into spoilers so you can avoid should you wish. But it is from 1943, so I mean, <laughs> you know, uh, go, go, it's a Hitchcock movie. Go watch the Hitchcock movie, you fools. Um, so, I mean, don't get me wrong, yes, he had a weak period at the end of his career, admittedly. But pretty much everything before that that period, you're at least getting something decent, if not uh, amazing. I mean, so. at, at the very least, it'll be watchable. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, but there's, there's that rough patch of his career after The Birds. Because Frenzy's pretty good. That's like the one outlier in that, that period. But everything after The Birds, except Frenzy, is really weak sauce. Uh, and, and that includes Marnie, which I know some people like, but I didn't like Marnie. Um you know torn curtain was forgettable and uh family I mean, plot. there's a reason they're not classics yeah well they're always in the box set that i've you know, the, the one i've got like they're, they're all at the end and it's like here's a little crap section at the end that no one really that, likes that's that what much. it is that they've got well we had 14 good movies that we could get the rights to let's just throw in another four to pad it out so it sounds even more impressive yeah, well, I mean, at the same time, though, I'm glad they're there for completion's sake. I mean, you might as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, they, they should exist, you know, in terms of uh, cataloging them. Not, yeah. not arguing that. But uh, definitely a quality dip after the birds. Uh, again, barring Frenzy, which is actually pretty good. Uh, that was kind of his last hurrah, I think. But anyway, uh, Shadow of a Doubt is about a seedy... I mean, we don't really find out until later on, but I, think it's not... I don't think it's a spoiler to say he's a killer, right? We'll just say he's a killer uh, who is on the run, and he decides to go and visit his family in California. He goes to live with his sister and her family. And his niece, who's actually named after him, uh, Charlie, she is like so excited because she thinks life's been really boring. And she's all excited that he's coming to brighten things up. But he's on the run, of course, and he's very suspicious of anyone who wants to talk to him or take his photo or anything like that. Uh, and it's kind of about, is his presence going to infect their lives and put them in harm's way? Um and that's kind of the that's kind of the the, the premise. I'll I'll just leave it there, and we'll we'll go from there. Now, had you seen this before? Actually, before we uh even no, get to no, I hadn't. you hadn't seen it. Okay, um, I had I'd seen it once or twice. Um, you know, I remember. I think when I had the DVDs, it wasn't a box set. I think I was just gradually buying you know the single movies back in the DVD days when I first seen a lot of this stuff. But um, the Blu-ray, I've got the big box set, obviously, but. Yeah, now there's box sets for everything that covers large portions of, of, of a lot of these directors' careers. Yeah, I mean, there probably, there probably was a box set. I, I, I probably just didn't want to risk it, not knowing if I'd like them or not. Because, you know, I, this wasn't the first Hitchcock movie I bought, but, like, it was probably in the first, like, maybe half dozen or so. Like, it wasn't, mm. you know. And by that point, I'd already had some of what was in the box set, so I was like, no, I need to keep buying them individually. That's <laughs> uh, always a problem. Movie buying logic, folks. Movie buying logic. Uh, so yes, did you did you enjoy Shadow of a Doubt? Yeah, it's pretty good. It's definitely not my favorite Hitchcock, but it's pretty good. Hmm, that's Hitchcock's favorite Hitchcock. I know that's why I said that because uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm a little surprised by that. Because I mean, it's solid. It's it's good. Uh, I don't love it though. Um, I've got some things to to complain about. Um, I like it a lot. Um, and it's not my not, it's not my favorite. I think you've got your rear window. You've got your psycho. Um. That I'd put up. Like, I have a hard time kind of ranking them after that, but that's definitely what I always say is number one and two. 
Um, You're not alone in that, though, are you? Probably not, probably not. But I also have some different opinions where I think like, Vertigo is really good, but I think it's overrated and is not... Uh, like, a lot of people would put Vertigo in the top three. And yeah, I wouldn't. I, 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 I would say Vertigo is around the number 10 spot out of what I've seen. Which is still okay. good. Like, yeah. Hitchcock made a lot of good movies, all right? So, I mean, even number 10 is really good. You, you can do a top 10 Hitchcock movies and they can all be great. Yes, absolutely. They are. And I've not even seen them. I've seen maybe like... I don't know. I've seen like 16 or 18, something in that range, Hitchcock movies, and I can do a top 10 and they're all great. You know, there's only yeah. a few at the bottom that I don't like. So clearly we're not here to like debate if Hitchcock was a worthwhile director to talk about, because clearly he is. <laughs> um, I mean, he's probably... Is this the second Hitchcock movie we've done on this show? Yeah, on this Maybe show, yeah. yeah. Uh, we, we did Psycho on streams recently, so this is the third sort of in general. But Of course, yeah. Um, and that's the only one we'll do in Screams. Everything else will be on this show, because they're all... Well, maybe The Birds, actually. The Birds may be a Screams movie, but uh, the rest yeah, are all... Safe for this. For this, yeah. Um, so I like this one a lot. I, I think, um, you know, I would put it above Vertigo, uh, just to sort of put it there. I, I think the other one... That's I'm... quite a bold claim. The other one that I'm not in super in love with that does get a lot of praise, uh, and I think it's a fine movie, but again, I'd probably put it lower than Vertigo was North by Northwest. I think that one's just okay. Um, mm. But people seem to love it. Um, and that's fine, you know? Just love what you well love. Uh, taste and all that. But um, for me, it's definitely a lower tier. I think Shadow of a Doubt is better than that. And I think Shadow of a Doubt is really fun in how simple and nefarious it is. I think uh, Charlie... Um, Which I'll, one? I'll call him Uncle Charlie. There's Charlie and Uncle Charlie for differentiation's sake, right? So Charlie's okay. the girl, Uncle Charlie's uh, Uncle Charlie. So Uncle Charlie is despicable. He does not have a redeemable bone in his body, and I kind of love that because I think a premise, to, like, a way to make this movie, a way to like write this story. I think, and this wouldn't be a bad thing to do. This could work really well, but a way to write this story would be to have him be kind of sympathetic and like really question: Is he actually a bad guy? Sure, he's on the run, so he's done bad stuff. But is he irredeemable? Is he this despicable? But in this movie, he is like despicable through and through. There's not a there's not a moment where you doubt that he may actually care about people. That he he won't just throw everyone under the bus the second that he thinks that he needs to to survive on his own. Uh, mm. He is a despicable human being. And it's so much fun watching them be evil. I I agree that that is quite fun, but I um also I kind of wish that there was some at least some of us where there was doubt at all as to you know whether or not he is so terrible. Shadow of a doubt, you might say. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But I think that's pretty much one of my biggest problems with the movie is there is no surprise at any point it, it does exactly what you think it's going to do the entire time and it always turns out exactly as it seems okay that's fair there's no kind of like turn i guess but it's executed flawlessly from start to finish well, I, I have one nitpick actually i have one nitpick in the middle there's a really there's a weird transition at one point where i feel like i almost wonder if they shot a scene and cut it because there was something wrong with it and they just kind of had to go with it and just leave it missing because it felt like there was like a whole chunk missing of a scene. Um, it's a minor thing, really, in the grand scheme of the movie because you, you understand what's happening, but like mm. uh, it just it felt jarring. But um, no, I like how despicable it is. I think there's definitely some you know stuff from the time period that's dated and the, you know like I think the way Charlie idolizes her uncle feels really weird to a modern audience. Like it's yeah. so over the top. Um, 
Like, I, like, I, I, like, yeah, obviously you have kids who idolize their, their either their, their uncles and aunties or their, their, their parents' friends, even, you know, kind of the, the adults who aren't their parents, so they seem cooler. Like, that's kind of a, a sure. common thing for kids. Um, but this is the thing. She's, like, 20, right? <laughs> she, she's, she's college-aged. They, they make that very clear. She's, she's at least graduated high school because there's a photo of her graduating, um, like, on the, yes. on the wall. And... We hear that people she went to school with, uh, like, have jobs because they go to a bar at one point and the waitress is like, oh, yeah, I got fired from this place. I've been in half the restaurants in town, implying she's been, like, going from job to job for a while, which means that she's at least been a few... I mean, maybe if Charlie was in college, say, um, you know, that this girl didn't go to college, she's just been working for, like, four years. You know, maybe that's why there's a... I I think there is a a potential implication that she's been that terrible. She only lasts, like few weeks at each place that's fair it could just be like three months and she's been in that many places that's, yeah. that's entirely possible which i think could be part of the joke there yeah because yeah, then maybe actually question charlie a little bit i'm like yeah what's charlie doing exactly like is she like maybe she's still in college and she's lunging uh, off her parents this is the summer or something like that but it, it, it just kind of felt like she doesn't really do anything like like at all like what was what, she is she, she yeah. Uh, maybe maybe there's a line at the start saying she's just on summer break or whatever, and I missed it, and she's in college still. I don't, I don't still. recall that either, though. But, um, and that would be fine. But it, it kind of felt like uh, she's like, everything's so boring. Oh, Uncle Charlie's coming. That'll make everything brighter. Because every time she runs into her friends, it feels like her friends like have jobs to go to or they have things to do. And all, yeah, and all she does is like lounge around the house and then like, oh, my uncle's here. I can go and hang out with my uncle. He's cool. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. what is your life? What were you doing? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of weird. <laughs> What's happening? Um, and she's got her little sister and brother. Uh, the little sister's kind of your. Uh, it's, it's, I mean, it probably wasn't at the time, but definitely now it's a bit of an archetype. It's the the really brainy kid who's who's much more mature than like everyone yeah. else. Kind of funny though. Yeah, kind of funny. She has a couple of really funny lines. Yeah. Uh, the brother I forgot existed for most of the movie. He doesn't have much to do. He's he's just kind of there to be the other kid, uh, for the most part. So he's just kind of around. Um, and I like her dad. Her dad and his friend uh, have this running thing throughout the movie where they like, like murder mysteries and like, you know, true crime and stuff like that. So they're basically constantly debating with each other how they'd kill each other and try and get away with it. Um, yeah. And that's kind of their running thing throughout the movie, which comes into play uh, eventually in the main plot, and uh, thematically at least. The At that point, I won't discuss it yet, yeah. but the, uh, the mother's reaction... Uh, it is hilarious. Uh, oh yeah, this. yeah. She's got it's, a good moment. Yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah. So no, and then the mother's fine. The mother's not particularly likable or dislikable. She's just she's there to serve her purpose. She's the pretty much. You know, she's she's the the housewife who loves her brother and would be heartbroken if Eth never nasty was ever said about him. And yeah. unfortunately for her, uh, something may or may not occur. Uh, so I mean that that's kind of your cast of characters. And I think, I mean, as always with Hitchcock, the direction is basically flawless. It's just, it's such simple things. Like at the start of the movie, uh, when we first meet Charlie, Uncle Charlie, he's in like a, a motel or a hotel or, or whatever. And this uh, landlady or whoever comes in to see him and she's like, hey, there was two men asking for you. And he's like, oh. And he's like on the bed and like, she's like, hey, you shouldn't leave your money lying around. Like he's got money, you know kicking about on the floor and all the rest of it but there's a great moment where she goes to shut the blinds because he's going to have a nap and it's just this great shot of uh because obviously it's in black and white you know it's 1943 and not a, i mean some color stuff that exists in 1943 but for the record it's black and white and we see just the light go down his face into darkness it's just it's a really simple thing but it's just a sinister shot of him lying there yeah it looks great it's just a little visual thing just to tell you 
he's the villain just in case you didn't get it yet he's uh he's villainous uh yeah. and just little touches of that throughout it uh, are really good so yeah no, yeah. i agree um it's a lot of fun i think there's a there's some stuff it doesn't capitalize on super well um mm -hmm. there's like these elements of uh the two charlies kind of being in sync uh um, sure yeah and i don't think it really plays with that enough like uh, early on uh you know she she's gonna go oh, i'm gonna go set telegram to with charlie let's uh let's invite him up but he's already just sent one to say he's coming uh and, and you know and there's a few other things like where she's humming a tune and you know, and it it becomes quite important to 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 who Uncle Charlie is, and she's like, "I wonder why I'm humming that tune." And again, it's just these things that it never really does anything with them, uh, which is a little disappointing. I think, um, and the purpose for me at the start is is kind of like this is his match, right? Like he doesn't realize it yet, but this is the person who's actually capable of taking him down because she has the the same strength he does, even though she's not evil, right? Kind of thing. Like that was kind of the vibe I get from it. Um. And I kind of love that the way she kind of stumbles in to like being on his trail and kind of starting to realize who he is and figuring things out. It just comes from her trying to prove she's smart enough to notice when he's lying. Not because she thinks he's hiding something like serious, but because she wants to prove that she's that smart. That she wants to prove she wants to impress him, and it's through trying to impress him. It's through that idealism that she ends up stumbling into. Oh shit, he's uh, this or whatever. Yeah, and. I kind of I like that I like that that's what leads to it. It's kind of it's kind of like when um we watched the Lady Killers and we were talking about how the whole the whole crux of that movie is that the old woman just like keeps foiling these robbers' plans not because she even knows what they're doing because she's just being an old woman and I kind of love that this young this young woman just being her is what kind of starts to foil the whole plan. Okay, I can see that. That's uh, kind of fun. So I was kind of into it. Obviously, it's not played for as much humour in this as it was in Lady Killers. Yeah, yeah. That movie's hilarious. That movie was great. Yeah, I was surprised how, how much that held up. Um, yeah. That, that, that quickly became my favourite uh, after that viewing. That, that was a surprise. Yeah. Um, so, no, I, I really like uh, 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 Charlie. I, I think she I think she's uh, very likeable. Um, mm. it, it has, again, it has some other tropes. I, like, I was laughing how like people were sending telegrams to each other because, you know, like, that's never happened in my lifetime. People don't do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Surreal, but I mean, sure, you just go with it. Yeah. Um, I also... There was a point... Well, what was it? Um, someone was talking about something that was like new technology and they were really like, saying, oh, this is new and fancy. And... Are, you, are you thinking of when uh, the mother's on the phone and she's shouting and... Uh... And the kids like you don't need to shout on the phone. It's just this is just how it works. It's fine. I, I think so. Yeah, it may have been that. But I was just sitting going, "This is really funny now." What watching this like, you know, eighty years later, and I'm like, "This is." <laughs> you know what you say? It's funny. Yeah. I, I, it, Paige's grandmother uh, will still shout down the phone, like, <laughs> like loud enough that I can be sat like on the other side of the room to Paige, and I can hear every word she's saying on the phone. <laughs> you know, it's that loud. Yeah, I mean that's fair. That's, and, and, that's you know, fair. As said, it, phones have been around a while now. Yeah, uh, the other trope uh, that's kind of an old timey thing. That I mean, I, I'm still not necessarily sure if this is just a movie trope of the era or if it was actually anything like this in real life at the time. Um, I assume it was really olden times. But the whole thing where someone falls in love with a girl and within a week they're saying, "Hey, I love you. I want to marry you." <laughs> like, you know. Yeah. Uh, well, I think it's. There was an area around the war 
when yes absolutely that was happening a lot sure okay because people were terrified all right okay um, I see. but i'm not just thinking during the wartime though i'm thinking like anything pre you know like 50s yeah. and back like there's, a, there's a, a lot of those movies like you know movies that we've even set in the past and maybe maybe that's accurate maybe you know back in like the 17th century that's just how it was like a man found a woman and he's like i want to marry you and um, well no in the 17th century a man found a woman that went to a dad and went here's six sheep now give me your daughter okay yes possibly more accurate um but if that was wales the six sheep oh. would have been quite enticing that'd be a good price that's a, that's an amazing bargain <laughs> I am sorry to our Welsh listeners. I'm not. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I made a sheep shagging joke. I'm I'm sorry. All right. It's the one thing that unites the English and the Scotch. <laughs> What's the thing though? Like, no, there's no ill will towards the Welsh. We just like joking about them having sex with sheep for some reason. <laughs> I don't even know where it came from. It's just yeah, that's a thing the Welsh do. <laughs> Anyway, um, so yeah, that, that's the that's the that's that's kind of a spoiler-free thoughts on yeah. the movie. Um, I have one, uh, just a technical quibble at one point. Sure. Because um, again, you know, we we don't judge, uh, you know, the the sound quality, for example. I don't expect it to be modern standards because you know, it's, oh, it's an old movie. Yeah, it's got the pop and the but crackle, and it's got. I, I'm judging it just against itself. There mm-hmm. is one scene in particular that was dreadful. Uh, it was uh, when Charlie goes to the the telegram place. Yes, and I don't know what was going on there. It was it, the you know the the dubbing was off. It sounded washed out. It sounded it had that sort of effect where you know when you want to record someone's voice and you want to do it as if they just think it's it's their thoughts rather than you know uh, and not quite not narration. Just you want to do their thoughts while they're still in the sure. scene. It kind of had that effect to it, but on both characters and you know they were obviously talking. But that's what it sounded like, and it was it was weird because obviously you know the rest of the movie was was fine. It was just this one scene. I have to just imagine there was something on set, and maybe yeah, so, 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 I don't know. Maybe they're dubbing. Just there was something wrong with it. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea what happened. Um, but I just wanted to point out because again, let's like say again, just against its own standards, that scene was kind of terrible for that. I mean, that's probably the sort of thing they'd just go and reshoot now. You know, that'd be the reshoots, but I wonder if that wasn't just a common thing they did at the time. It's just, you just have to accept it. Yeah, no yeah more money. might well be. Just, just deal with it. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not the worst. You can still understand everything they're saying, so it doesn't ruin it. just mm. had a strange effect, and it kind of completely took me out of it. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, all right, so we'll give the spoiler warning, but I will, before we go into spoilers, tell you about patreon.com slash mailfasttv. Uh, we have producers from there, which I'm going to thank first of all. Uh, so very much thanks to David Short, Alison M. Fortis, Cindy Palacios, Tyler Hess, and Talking Superman. Uh, they're all Patreon producers, which means they're patrons at the $20 or up tier. Uh, but of course, you don't have to give $20 to support us. You can do it for as little as $1 over at patreon.com slash TV, and you can support us for that. You can get some bonuses. You get like cut outtakes of various tangents we may have had during some episodes. Uh, there's an exclusive extra episode of some of the other movie podcasts we do, like The Ace and Screams After Midnight. Um, and then there's like voting rights uh, at the $5 tier. In fact, that's what the this episode came from this is uh you know the winner of a vote on patreon so uh yeah, go and have a look could have been voting on uh, on movies from the last decade but guess just 2019 instead all four 2019 movies are movies from the last decade so mm-hmm. so they still are uh uh-huh. so yeah. you can shut your ginger face and accept it so suck it connor uh this uh takes us on to spoilers then so spoilers for shadow of a doubt uh, so Obviously, he comes to town, 
everyone's like to see him. He's brought them all gifts. The the, the sort of the smoking gun, as it were, uh, is a ring that he gives Charlie. Uncle Charlie does, and it's got initials in on the inside. So when she eventually goes to track down this bit of the newspaper, because he because he, he makes a point of stealing part of the newspaper. Uh, you know, he's got this whole thing. He makes a game of it. He makes a little house. It's like, oh, that's my dad's newspaper. You can't do that. But he's he's swiped the one page, the one page that he needs that yeah. is relevant to his his uh, his run because we find out over the course of the film that he is actually the meadow widow killer he's been killing rich widows M- merry widow what did i say you said marrow well no, i didn't really i just maybe sounded like that merry widow um, yeah no you definitely said marrow widow Oh, it just came out weird, but I said Mary. I was, I was intending oh, okay. Mary. All right. No, that's fine. I just wanted to make it clear. <laughs> right. He's the Mary widow killer. Um, and he's killed three, three uh, widows and he's on the run. He's, he's, that's why he's got so much money. Um, one of the things that really stuck out to me, actually, about his sister is later on, cause, so there's these two guys who we find out are detectives that are impersonating like a census like sort of thing where they're coming to like interview the family to do like a profile on the average american family so they can build a an article out of it with uh, other places around the country blah blah and when they're asking about the uncle charlie uh to to his sister to the mom like not only just in this scene but in all scenes as well she just keeps saying oh he's in business i mean my, my husband's a banker but my my brother's just in business I, you know as men are she doesn't know what he does, but she just accepts that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's, he's got 40 grand, which, you know, in 1943 money is quite... Uh, I mean, it's still a lot now. I mean, I'd, I'd love to have 40 grand, but... I'll take it. But in 1943, that's, what, over 100 probably now in today's money. Yeah, uh, comfortably, yeah. Yeah. So, he's, you know, he's opening up a bank account, and he's cracking all these jokes about uh, embezzlement... <laughs> Which is making, making and, and, and how uh, you know the dad he'll have he'll have the boss's job soon. Just keep at it in front of the boss. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's really he's shaking, shaking, uh, making waves. I suppose is what we'll say. But he, uh, you know, so I just I thought it was funny that she just accepts that he's in business in this vague term. She can't actually say what he does. He's like, oh, a bit of this, a bit of that. Like, someone question him, damn it! Everyone's got a job title. Ask him what he does. <laughs> He's an entrepreneur. Ah, uh, yeah, entrepreneur. Uh, so basically, you know, she she sneaks, she 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 goes to the because it's from a little sister who's smart. Remember, who tells her, oh, you can get all the newspapers at the, the library, all the old ones. You can go and check whatever page it was. Uh, so she insists on going late on because she must know because she gets suspicious. Mm. You know. He's, librarian's not too happy about this no she's not but there's been enough you know little moments with them that she's suspicious and she goes and finds this article about the killer and this is the thing like he like it almost made him more suspicious that he had it because if if you know he's if her dad just read this in the paper and didn't think anything twice about it it wouldn't be any big deal why why would they have suspected him yeah exactly there wasn't anything really specific to really point to him picture of him because that's a big you know point that they don't have they, they maybe have a description in the in the in the in the, the article but i mean it's pretty vague yeah um because i'd argue what would maybe happen is you know if uh so so why the detectives kind of takes a liking to charlie and asks her out and they go out on a date and arguably this is where it would still connect where he would maybe say what the, one of the victim's names was and then that maybe click the initials on the ring like that she's got sure 
You know, that, that'd be a movie where she actually gets proper confirmation. Um, I'm not really complaining that much because I actually enjoy her suspicions. I enjoy her going to, like, find out. You know, I enjoy, I enjoy the entire sequence of events. So just, like... It just plays like it's unnecessary in, uh, I'm, from I, a logical perspective. I'm just critiquing him. Well, no, I think logically it works in terms of I can understand why he's making mistakes. Like, okay. it makes sense that he's, like, he's tense. He's, you know, like, he thinks he's good at what he does, but he's actually kind of sloppy. He's actually kind of um single minded. Yeah, I think I think that's my problem with saying that he's tense and making mistakes is he's so relaxed the entire time. even you know that you know his introduction scene when you know they're coming and going, hey there's two men here for you and he's so relaxed. Okay, let me let me rephrase then. T- tense and making mistakes is maybe not the right way of phrasing it. He's got hubris. He's got an ego. He thinks he's good at this and he's making mistakes through a perhaps neglect is a better way of phrasing it. You know, because he, 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 yeah, he, he likes to play it off like he's the most suave person in the room. He likes to play it off like he, he's smarter than everyone else. But okay. he he constantly is failing. Because every time someone finds out something, he's, he's basically ideas to kill them. And when he gets to the point where he wants to kill Charlie, I'm like, well, don't you think, even though at this point in the movie, you think that they've caught the other guy, because there was two suspects, right? And the other guy... And I actually loved this. He used to say, the dad and his friend, like, are walking and talking about it. It's like, oh, did you hear about that Mary Widow killer? Uh, yeah, they caught the guy in uh, Missouri, and he, he went to an airplane jet. And obviously, I'm thinking of a couple of different things. I've seen that in, and I'm like, and like, oh, that's gruesome. Oh, I couldn't have wrote a better ending. They're, they're really impressed. They're like, oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah, they're loving it. Yeah. And, you know, Uncle Charlie thinks he's off scot-free. He's like, oh, great. Which means the only person who can cause him any trouble is Charlie. Because at this point in the movie, she knows. She knows that he did it, and he's admitted it to her. Yeah, but the problem is, why is anyone going to believe her when they've caught the guy? It's problem solved. The ring. Well, I mean, sure, yeah. Yeah, that, that ring's proof. Um, and he, he's getting away with it. And, you know, again, one of the things that the, the, the detective says to her is that he believes that she's a good enough person that she won't cover for him. That the idea, deep down, she knows it's not right to let, let him away with it. Um, so that's kind of the, the moral conflict for her. Uh, yeah. And kind of the thing that Uncle Charlie is questioning once we get to this point in the movie. And uh, the, the one complaint I was going to make, though, is actually during the, the sort of date scene. It's kind of it's a little montage of them like having a, a good time. They're at like a movie theater. They're doing something else, and then it just sort of fades to them in like a sort of town square area. And she's mad at him for like lying to her. So we actually skip over the moment where he tells her he's a detective. Yeah. Uh, or where she figures it out. We, we skip over that moment and she's already mad at him. And I felt like we kind of missed the beat. I'm like, wait, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> like, what? So all I can think is, is that there was more of a scene before that that for some reason couldn't be used. Maybe. Uh, I mean, I, I, I the problem is this does work in context. Even, even as, it, as it flows, maybe it's a bit jarring to us, but it does work in the sense that, okay, we, we had this montage times passing and then she's angry, and we're like, why is she angry? And then, okay, we learn he's a detective. So we're a little bit behind her, but we still, it still all makes sense. It just played a little bit. It was jarring. I just thought it was a bit weird. Um, yeah. But that's my only real complaint, to be honest. Um, so the, the back chunk of the movie is basically Uncle Charlie, while he's pretending everything's okay, is trying to kill Charlie in ways that look like an accident, which is kind of ties into the, the, the running joke of the dad and his friend. Um, yeah. 
And actually, what I really like about this is, like, you know, the dad's friend seems like such a random addition, even though I really enjoy all of his scenes, because when he comes over, and, like, the family's having dinner, and the mum's like, oh, yeah, all this comes when we're eating. And he comes over and sits, like, behind the table, and he's talking to the dad, and the dad's kind of leaning away from the table, and I'm like, yeah, no wonder, no wonder the mum's pissed. Like, she's just distracting her husband throughout dinner. But, yeah. But what, what I love in this is, is obviously that's where, where Charlie freaks out. It's like, you stop talking about it. You know, it's, it's, it's horrific. And because yeah, uh, at this point, she's uh, sort of figured out who, who Uncle Charlie is and is like, all these morbid conversations are making her really tense. Yeah. 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 But, um, the, the mom's just like, oh, Charlie, calm down. This is just what your dad does to relax. You know this. <laughs> like, this has been going on for years. <laughs> and I love, because all the conversations, like at first it's like, oh, well, the best thing is the blunt object, of course. It's like, yeah, but I don't like the fingerprint angle. Um, what about poison? You could probably poison someone. Just put enough. Because then, and then the next time we see them, it's like, hey, did you enjoy that cup of coffee I gave you? He's like, yeah, it was nice. Uh, did you not notice the, uh, you know, the little something I put in it? And he's like, no. And it was something safe, but... That just shows I could have put the same amount of poison in and you wouldn't have tasted it. You could be dead right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, but there's always a chance that, uh, that someone innocent will drink it. Yeah, unintended consequences. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, you know, they're going back and forth. It's great. Yeah, no, their, their stuff is just so amusing throughout. Yeah, and it, and it comes out of play because at one point there's sort of like, there's like a back staircase. So you, can, you can go from the upstairs to the outside directly if you want from this house. And... Charlie's like going down the stairs and she like you know has a fall because one of the steps breaks and it's like oh that was that was scary and the mum's like oh you could have you could have killed yourself you could have broke your neck you know if you landed the wrong way and like you know Uncle Charlie's just watching and she's like oh it's like dun 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 yeah right? you ever trying to check in the step and how it was you know put back together and we're put and we're you know we're at this point we're, we're building up to like him giving a speech Uncle Charlie's going to make a speech for you know the mum's women's club uh yeah it's all the housewives it was never too specific as to what that was it was just kind of like yeah yes young young wealthy gentleman can come and give us a give us a talk uh and his big plan is to have her suffocate in the in the the garage you know he's got the car turned on he sort of like you know lures her in there and so because we, we find it was a, it's, set, it's set up earlier on that the door kind of sticks sticks and won't open and um, we also see that he actually kind of blocks it as well with a like a twig yeah, yeah it gives it a little helping hand but yeah. it, it's plausible enough that it was stuck because it's they all know this is a thing that happens with this door yes um and this is what i love about the the, the dad's friend is that they kind of like he finally becomes super relevant in the plot because what Ch- uncle charlie didn't account for is that he might randomly show up because in, in the house he's turning up the music so no one can hear a scream for help and he's you know he's, he's making sure that the window's closed again so the audio is not coming in as well you know he's doing everything he can to make sure no one will notice that she's out there crying for help and it's just that the dad's friend happens to you know be almost invading the house as he always does kind of unwanted that he, he's just like oh i think there's someone in the garage yeah so he he gets them to go and help and uh that you know that's kind of your your big your big you know set piece at the end um yeah. Now, of course, um, he does actually make a speech at the party after this. Or, or sorry, he 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 makes a speech off camera. But I mean, he, he does like a sort of toast at this like after party at mm-hmm. the house, um, and basically it shows that that uh, we I mean we see see this happen, of course. But Charlie's found the ring, so she's got the evidence. She so she comes down wearing the ring, and he, he just actually stops in mid sentence as yeah. he sees it. Mid toast, he announces that he's going to leave, and he, he wasn't going to do that. He wanted to stay here. But he's doing this because this was sort of the, the plea that he made with Charlie. Charlie's like, no, I just want you to leave and never come back. And I'll, I won't turn you in kind of thing. Um, 
But of course, Uncle Charlie, when he's at a train the next day, the end of the movie, he tries to kill her and throw her off the train. And he's just waiting for the train to go fast enough. But she's able to kind of like sort of get past him, which makes him trip off. And he falls out of the train as a train's, you know, the, the, the adjacent track, there's a train coming the other way. Uh, so he make, meets his end uh, untimely. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. It took all my willpower earlier not to make a joke about this when you said uh, being thrown under the bus. <laughs> I was like, don't say a joke about being thrown under the train. Don't do it. It's still spoiler free. Yeah, we were, yeah, no spoilers yet. No. But uh, I just wanted to know that, that how much effort that took. So what's interesting is that, you know, again, when she, when she like comes down the stairs with the ring and he stops his toast and says he's going to leave, it really breaks her mother's heart. And we can see in Charlie's face that she does have a legit reason for not wanting to reveal who he is because it will destroy her mother. So he yeah. actually dies and they have a funeral for him as if he's a hero. They, you know, they don't know what he did. And Charlie keeps it to herself really for her mother's sake. Because what's the point? A- yeah. anymore right he's dead he's not going to hurt anyone else so she's not saving anyone by revealing it now yeah the police think they've found someone who it is so they're not looking for someone you mm-hmm. know forever yeah, absolutely so, yeah yeah and and then for the record this guy had already met his untimely demise if 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 he were if they were still looking for him and he died after this i'd say that's on her because she didn't oh, stop the sure. you know but it already happened so whatever yeah um so yeah, and the movie, the movie ends, and there's you know lots of stuff. I I really like the sequence uh, when the, the detectives you know posing to be the census takers come in. I I love the moment where they snap a photo of uh, Char- uh, Uncle Charlie, and he's like, "I'll have to you know get that film." Like the way he looks at them as soon as they snap the photo is great. Yeah, um, and you kind of know what's going on here because they don't have, he doesn't argue. He's like, "All right, fine. Here's the role." Uh, so obviously you're kind of fairly sure already that it was uh, that was a, a spare that he's handed him. Yeah. Yeah, the old trick. The old, uh, give us your, your videotapes, you can't film here. Okay, I'll give you a blank tape. There you go. <laughs> exactly. The old thing. Um, I And I also just uh, love the photographer getting really pissed off at the mum, because they want, like, at least pretending to, they want a photo of her cracking an egg for making a cake. He's like, no, I can't do that first, you're going to have to stand there, you're going to have to wait for all do these other steps, and then I'll crack an egg, and then you can go and do this part, and then this and that. And then, because he allegedly gave away his last roll of film... He hasn't got any more. So he's like, I will have to come back tomorrow. And he, and she's like, well, now I'm not baking more cakes tomorrow. I've got <laughs> things to do. I can't be baking cakes every day of the week. Yeah. She's just a, she, she, she's, she's been the typical old woman. Uh, yeah. And been just kind of a little bit frustrating for these characters. Uh, but hey, uh, so no, good fun stuff. I, I, I enjoy the movie a lot. I think Uncle Charlie is very despicable. Every time He's like watching for someone's reactions, or he's slyly doing something, or he's, he thinks he's getting away with something. Um, it's not very good. But I, what I was saying earlier, though, is that he's so single-minded that when he starts to try and kill Charlie, what does he think is going to happen if Charlie that, especially in the train, like that's like a clear, like I mean, it's okay, you can argue she tripped and fell over the train, but she wasn't even meant to be on the train. He kind of like holds her on because she's meant to get off before it leaves. Like, yeah, just say he, she, she. she. I mean, his defense is at that point. Oh, I thought she'd left already. I, I, she must have got caught up and, and fallen yeah. off. I just, I feel like if Charlie turns up dead, and we have this detective who, admittedly, the case has been dropped by the time we got to this point in the movie. But if Charlie turns up dead, you have to imagine he's going to be like, "Hmm, something fishy about this." You would think, wouldn't you? Yes. But I mean, so I, he's I, a. I guess what I'm saying is I don't think Charlie or Uncle Charlie rather thinks ahead too much. He's very much always just reacting to the the obstacle right in front of him. 
He is. I think he's just a bit desperate at that point as, yeah. okay, she knows, and I can't have that. So it's just whatever it takes to, to shut her up. Yeah, and I think the heart of the film as well is uh, the, you know, if, if the, I think there's a little bit of depth here. I think it's about Charlie. It's kind of that thing, right? This idea of like, obviously she's a bit older, but she's still meant to be the young, impressionable one. She's the young one who's excited that her uncle's coming to visit. Mm. I think this movie is kind of about growing up too fast um, to an extent, or maybe not exactly that, but the whole thing where kids kind of like, oh, you know, regular life is boring, I want something exciting. Or, or even, maybe even like teenagers who want to go out and do extreme things because they're young and they want to do wild things. Um, but ultimately, like, by the time we're all a bit older, we're like, no, we, we kind of like having a quiet, reliable life that's dependable. I, I think that's probably true, and I think that's why yeah. the, the little sister is funnier in content, you know, yeah. in, in, through that viewpoint, in that she's already an old woman. Yeah. Uh, but I think that's what the movie's getting at, this idea that she's asking for this adventure, but she gets too much. It's, it kind of, I guess it's kind of like, you know, a teenager going and doing something extreme that's actually very dangerous, and a lot of them will get away with it, but every so often one will, you know, have a, an accident or fall in with the wrong people because they, they do something risky mm. or something like that. Um, this is kind of like the, the, the parable version of that. She wants the excitement, she wants something big to happen, but then it becomes very dangerous, and it kind of does make her grow up too quick. You know, I, I, I think Charlie at the end of this film has went through this and has, has had to grow up because of this experience because now she's having to, you know, basically make this big life choice and fighting back and not letting them away with it. And, mm. you know, so I, I guess it's kind of, I mean, this is a weird, I don't want to say it's actually doing this exactly, but uh, just to sort of, uh, the idea of a teenager becoming pregnant and this idea of just having to grow up quicker than you're supposed to because life just you, you have to just be sure. that responsible now and i don't think it's, it's, it's directly parable in that but i think there's a, there's a correlation to slightly be made this idea that you know she goes through this thing she has to grow up quicker in a way that she didn't have she shouldn't have had I think, to i think it's more of a um i don't think the pregnancy analogy quite works because i think there is a de- you know she has a desire to go and do something you know something oh yeah no like, i mean i agree i i think what i said before that was more accurate i just yeah you know it's, it came in my head no no i'm with you um but yeah, don't wish to don't don't wish for for crazy excitement. Is that maybe you actually want a nice, normal, stable life? You know, maybe she'll appreciate it now. Yeah, because the whole like time she's insisting, oh, we're not a normal fa- a normal American family or average American family. Mm. I think was the phrase. You know, we've got tons of things going on, and and by the end, she's kind of like, no, no, average American family sounds fine. Yes, and she's got a new boyfriend, a d- detective who might uh yeah might want to marry her, and they can go off and. Yeah, I think that's probably the weakest part of the movie is that relationship because they have like three scenes together, maybe. Yeah, no, that's that's for sure. Um, yeah, they don't need to be a relationship. Like, I think, and to be fair, the, the first the, the stuff on the date is fine because the stuff on the date is more about him wanting to talk to her about her uncle and yeah. open up the case and like you know pose the moral debate, the moral dilemma for her about you know choosing to protect him or turn him in because he's because she knows it's the right thing to do and um, i think the only problem really is the scene where he comes back to say he's leaving because the, the case is closed and he says oh i love you uh charlie like that scene you could probably just cut for the most part and the just movie pretend would... that, he, that he left <laughs> yeah and then the final scene where he because he, he just happens to be the one she's talking to that she could have been on her own for that scene <laughs> like or <laughs> you know or, or just narrating even yeah like... yeah it wouldn't it wouldn't have lost anything yeah but i mean it doesn't bog the movie down though and it doesn't ever feel like it's 
No, because the way like it, I say, it is literally only three scenes. So And the first one even would work even if it wasn't going down the romantic path. So that was just the ruse to get her on a like a you know, on her yeah. own to talk to yeah. her. Um So I mean it's not the worst, but I just feel I wanted to mention how I felt. It was definitely kind of just obligatory romance plot. Sure. Uh but I mean, far from the only movie to uh be guilty of the obligatory romance. Oh, oh absolutely. Plot. But you know, uh we we, we we do not leave them uncalled in any of them. No. So uh, that is Shadow of a Doubt. Uh, and that's kind of, you know, where the title comes from is, uh, is is Uncle Charlie needing to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that he's not going to be found out. And that's why he has to kill Charlie. Yeah. Um. So there you go. Hitchcock. Great movie. Um, I'm a little higher on Connors apparently, but we'll find out just how much because Connors going to rate it out of 10. I am. I'm going to give this a very solid 8 out of 10. Very, very good. Very enjoyable. It's great. A uh, couple of little things that just didn't quite uh, add up uh, at the end. Uh, you know, just didn't capitalize on enough. But, I mean, yeah, it's uh, it's great. Okay, I'm going to go just a, a nudge higher and go with 8.5, I think. Uh, it's an extremely great film. And it's, you know, I, I like it more than some other films that I think are a tad overrated from Hitchcock's library. Uh, but not as much of his, his best. And, you know, there's definitely, you know, and it's Hitchcock, so there's definitely some, you know, obviously I'd give Psycho and Rear Window 10s. There's definitely some nines in Hitchcock's yeah. library as well that are between this and them. But um, I think this is really high in my, this is definitely in my top 10 Hitchcock. Um, it's entirely possible once I see enough of them, it'll go out of the top 10 just because there's so many that are Because it's not that high into the top 10. Um, I mean, it's, you know... Somewhere in the middle, the top ten. I'd have to mm, okay. look at the list and <laughs> sort them. Um, maybe once we do a bunch of Hitchcock films, we can do a, a list at some point. Yeah, I think that'll be good after we've done like ten or twelve of them on the show. Oh, absolutely. I'd like to even see some that I've not seen before as well, just to yeah. I'd, I'd like to have seen like thirty, thirty-five of his films, and then I can. But okay, here's my top ten Hitchcock. Yeah, movies. then it means something, doesn't it? Yeah. So. There you go. That is uh, that is Shadow of a Doubt. Uh, you can, of course, let us know what you think of the film in the comments below. Uh, you can like and subscribe, and you can ding the bell on YouTube to get the get the notifications at all times uh, for not only this show but everything we do on Mailfuzz TV. Uh, you can, of course, support us, like I say, by rating the podcast, the audio podcast version on Apple Podcasts. Give us five stars. Uh, it means they, you know, spread us out a little bit more, put us on the rankings, blah blah blah. Uh, more people find us is basically the point. So that helps us out a lot. As does, of course, sharing us on Twitter. Or sharing us wherever you can get us on twitter at mild underscore fuzz and of course in the middle we did talk about patreon.com if you want to support us financially um you can also support us financially if you want to shop to one of my live streams and you can donate that way if you want as a one-time thing uh but uh that is uh that is uh that is the show and that is uh that is us. so we'll be back next week this was two in a row i want to point out we did do two in a row two weeks in a row let's make it three and uh, we we'll see it. next week for the next patreon vote winner and i can't remember off the top of my head what it is i think it may be crimson tide i don't know if that's the next one though that was one of them. I think uh, it may be next. Connor's checking. It is, yes. Yes, there you go. So we're doing a submarine film next week with Gene Hackman and Denzel Washington. What's not to love? Yeah. Have you seen this before? No. I have, so I'm not going to say anything because I'll, I'll keep my opinion on lockdown for, for, for till then. But that has been 121 in flux, so thank you once again for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching movies, guys. And if you can get it, it's always nice to have diplomatic immunity. Bye.